Welcome to the Zans Expo Center in steamy Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the Cigar Lockdown Unlocked Show. With your hosts, Sammy Phillips, Clay Roberts, Bill Paley, and Matt Booth. With an incredible lineup of some of the world's most exciting cigar manufacturers. Now grab your cigars and cocktails and strap in for this wild ride. Without further ado, here's Sammy and Clay. All right, all right, all right. Listen, today has been amazing because we have another guest. It's like the royalty is walking through today and gracing the two of us. We've rolled out the red carpet, Clay. Well, you've rolled out something. No doubt. Nick Perdomo in the house with us. What an honor to have you here. My honor. Thanks for having me. We are absolutely yeah. humble to have you on the set, Nick. Likewise, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah man. I do. Well, we, Nick, we've known you. We've known each other a long time. You started your company in 1992. Wow. The stories you could tell, I can't even imagine <laughs> on this wild ride that you've taken. Perdomo Cigars, and I remember starting my career in late '95, early '96, and uh, meeting you very early on in Naples, Florida, and looking at you and looking up and thinking to myself, "My God." Look at this man, look at this company, smoking your cigars for all of these years. And I, I'm just, I, I'm a little speechless, man. I'm a little speechless. Well, I got goosebumps hearing all these nice things, so I appreciate it. Yeah, brother. Well, they're well, they're well deserved, man. And they the, are. The, the look of the boxes and the, and the rebranding of Perdomo and what you've done, what has it been like for you, like, like just before lockdown happened and then circulating into this wildness Right, you, you're, you're vertically integrated. You have your own factory in Nicaragua. I've been by it, haven't been in it, but uh, Arthur and I have I've shared some stories. So t- tell us what's going on, man. Well, everything's going good. You know, nothing was good about COVID except the cigar industry. It, it grew exponentially, as you guys well know. And what I saw was, you know, the average guy who smoked one cigar a day was smoking two. Yeah. You know, you amortize that by all the amount of people that you have. It's it's massive when you yeah. really think about it. So. Uh, being vertically integrated was also very helpful. We didn't really have a shortage. You know, the bean counters always tell me, <laughs> you overgrow, you overproduce, it's crazy. And to me, it's like money in the bank. You know, if you put money in the bank, you never get anything out of it. If you make cigars, you're eventually gonna sell them. And I always had that mantra. And the truth of the matter is, is business, as we all know, is wonderful. But at the same time, we're producing and we're, we're, we're able to, to really assist all our retailers and consumers all over the world. So we're really proud of that. And this is from a kid who started out of a garage, and you knew me at a young age when I was making cigars for for heaven and all these small small clubs and stuff. You have to yeah, you have to walk before you run, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember smoking these early on blends, like the Red Lion, one of the first by six by sixties, or maybe the first six by sixty, which was such an awesome cigar. I mean, for me, that that's my childhood, that's my youth, that's where I started, and I wanted to know everything, all the wrappers, all the binders, all the fillers. Right when Cigar Aficionado was this thick. And Smoke Magazine, right, was almost as large as Cigar Aficionado. And people were so into learning about the cigars. How was it right then, coming up as a young man, uh, versus now? Well, you know, when you start a business like we all have, you take a lot of risk. And it's it's difficult because you really don't you really can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. So, like I said earlier, my, my starts were humbling, to say say the least. I remember in, in the latter part of 1995, I was, I was struggling. And... 
my son had just been born and I uh, took a flight to Brunswick, Maine. And I had to, I told my wife I wasn't coming home till I sold a million dollars worth of cigars. And back in those days, cigars were two bucks. So I literally had to sell a million cigars. Wow. And I was staying in Motel 6s and washing my underwear in the sink. And yeah. uh, I think day 92 or 93, I called my wife Janine and I said, I think I did it. She said, you did it five days ago. And, uh, you know, you, wow. you, you have to work, you know, and uh, I went down the whole eastern border of Miami or down to Miami. And uh, I think I sold one point two million dollars. Amazing. And uh, someone just asked me recently, when did you think you, you made it? And I said, last year. And the guy said, really? And I said, yeah, because when you go to the factory, you see everything as compartments. Sure. So I had told Arthur Kemper, our vice president, we opened on Saturdays. I said, let's bring two chairs. I really want to see it. So we have over 1.2 million square feet of building space, but to me, wow. it looks like this. Yeah. Because I'm going every every area, and I'm just focused in on what's happening in the area. So I went to the rolling room, I went up to the second floor, and we have 385 rollers, 386 rollers. Amazing. And I looked over to Arthur and I said, man, this is big. And then, <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, and then I, I went to our sorting and selecting facility, and there's almost 1,000 women that are sorting, and stripping when you ever see a thousand women you don't hear any noise i mean all you hear is woof you know just right yeah it's the, an amazing the leaves are just in total silence because they're in deep concentration what they're doing and i looked over to arthur again and i said man this is really big you know so i think that's when i started seeing, that was your epiphany moment that was you... my epiphany moment yeah, yeah i know it sounds crazy no, someone no. just asked me about that but you're just so hyper focused on what you're doing that you really don't see the space of what you're doing or the amount of people that you have working for it so i'm really proud and i I always say this, but I think the greatest asset of my company is certainly not Nick Perdomo. I think it's our workforce, and our average workforce is actually worked for us for 20.2 years. And I think that that's part of our consistency. Um, look, my mother's 86 years old, she still works for the company. So we have a lot of longevity yeah. in the company, and we're really blessed by having a, a great group of people working there, whether it be in Nicaragua or, or in Miami or, or our sales team in the United States. Well, I, I'm out in the field quite a bit. I'm out 300 days a year, like a mental patient. And uh, I will say, and we're going to continue to compliment Monsieur Padomo here. Your, your team is phenomenal. They're, they're hard workers, they're good guys, and they love your brand. And speaking of the brand, I come from the media business originally. The visual on this brand, I mean, there's no doubt when you walk in a humidor, I mean, it's like, oh, baby, look at that. It's, it's absolutely the, the rebrand. Walls. Walls of Perdomo. When but, but you walk wall, into a humidor that you have embraced or embraced you, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say it's, it's walls of beauty because it, it is so symmetrically presented and easy to read. It's like consumer friendly, but it, the visual of it, it, it's, it's, you did something unique in the business. There's a lot of great packaging in this room, sure. but this, this created a visual for me personally that I was like, well, that's, 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 for lack of a better term, that's fucking impressive. It's well, thank you. <laughs> Nick, it's undeniable. You walk, you no, walk I, into. I, I was going to let out some of those, but I held my. There's no PC here, bro. Oh, yeah. So, seriously, though, when you walk into a humidor and you see the wall, and I knew that you, you, you know, you had you had this, this certain aura of, of Perdomo throughout the years, and then you repackage, you represent, you had this matrix, and you had the rumblings of this, these people that you met with and the strategy that you formulated. And I'm big into, I like to talk to the youth and I like to talk about entrepreneurship. We fucking talk about entrepreneurship. 
It's synonymous with Perdomo Cigars. Well, Starting your company much. in the early 90s, brother, and where you are today, and now that you say you're just making it and this is big, That's awesome. you walk in, you see these walls of Perdomo, it's so focused, and I know that you were telling people at one point, you take this or don't take it at all. Yeah, you never want to tell a customer that, but I want them to be successful, and if you don't have your product properly merchandised, regardless of what it is, it's going to, to fail, in my opinion, and I think we sell wrong. If a guy wants a box of Robusto and Toros, it's never going to catapult. It's a, it's a sale, but what's the strategy of continuing that right. monthly, quarterly, yeah. and yearly? And, and I looked at that, and um, I was friends with the former president, Kimberly Clark, and he had to beat Pampers. I mean, Pampers was such an important brand that people didn't even call them diapers. They called them Pampers. They called them Pampers. Yeah. And what he did is he merchandised Huggies, and they ended up catapulting Pampers. And Pampers were just thrown in a corner, and it kind of reminds me of a lot of cigar stores. So I think it's important that your presentation looks well. Um, a lot of times the clerks are busy. So I wanted to put as much information out so it would be the ease of shopping for the for the actual user so he could buy his cigars easy because a lot of times he, he couldn't. So whether it be ratings or scores or flavor characteristics or so on, I wanted that information to be out. And I wanted this to be basically a moving salesman. and. I remember when I bought my first box of cigars. I bought a box of Troyas in 1992. Wow. I just got married. And I, my wife was looking at me like I was out of my mind, and I was staring at the box, and she said, what are you doing? I said, I got a splinter. They didn't sand the inside yeah. of that box correctly, and a box of cigars are special. We get them for weddings. We get them for all celebratory things, and I paid $89, man. That was a lot of money back yeah. then oh, yes, in was. the early yeah. 90s, and I said, if I ever make a box of cigars, they're never going to have splinters, so I'm going to make sure that they're, they're as soft as a baby's ass. I want it to be smooth. <laughs> and um, I think packaging is really important. And I, the cigars, of course, are the most important. But yes. I always thought that our cigars were better than our packaging. And I wanted to, to match the packaging to the cigars. And it worked well. And I wanted the cigars to be presented right, not for the reason a lot of people think. It was really for the success of the retailer and also for the success of our sales team, where they would go in and you would make the job more, more easy where they would be able to just put everything back in and refill it to the way it was. And we have a lot of different software and stuff where we can show the retailer exactly how it works. Right. Well, I, th I think you said it is that you're assisting the retailer and like the lockdown program, which by the way, thank you for joining the current PCA lockdown pack. It's an honor to have the product in the pack. Well, thanks and for asking. Listen, man. It's our you know, pleasure, man. We're, 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 humbled. we're humbled and, and you know, it's about brick and mortar and assisting brick and mortar in these situations. You've assisted them in a sales point where the consumer can go in and if the clerk is busy, it's very easy for them to look at Perdomo cigars and figure out their flavor profile, et cetera, et cetera, right? And this program assists brick and mortar in trying a variety of cigars and having a donation benefit to the PCA, et cetera, et cetera, to fight anti-cigar legislation. So Absolutely. And Clay, you hit it right on the head. You know, I'm sorry to cut you no, off. No, no. But, but you know. Cut him off, Nick. 81% uh, <laughs> of our business is brick and mortar, which is kind of unique in the industry. But yeah, it is. Look, I remember working out of my garage and having triplicate form and seeing <laughs> two guys smoke shop yeah. and Ewan Reese and yeah. all these guys. And I thought to myself, these are the guys who took you to the dance. you got to support your brick and mortar guys. 100%. So I'd like to congratulate you guys for doing this because not only is it a great cause, help brick and mortar but it also helps the pca and the lobbying efforts you know we're getting attacked consistently yeah. by the politicians we're low-hanging fruit and sincerely i'm getting tired of it yeah. you know you i want to make cigars i want to sell cigars i want to join my family my friends i'm tired of having to deal with 
lobbyists and politicians and so on who in general yeah. don't have our best interest no. in sight no, there's and no that's doubt. a problem and we're we're doing something that's totally legal and absolutely I, I, I'm, I have a tough time with it, to be honest with you so thank you for doing that nick of course you do and listen first of all it's our pleasure and and, and clan are wacky guys trying to think outside of the box and have a good time doing it and, and we're trying to tr tr transcend this amazing amazing product in in and in, in, I guess verbalize just this knowledge base out, that baby. needs to be taken to people, man. Because this is this is a a business that's thousands and thousands of years old. If you think about it, right? In the very beginning, you're talking about the Incas who were smoking cigars. That's true. I mean, it goes so far. When did you first like really fall in love with this? I fell in love with cigars at a very young age. I was 11, and I remember I was sitting at a, at a domino table. With my grandfather, you know, my grandfather used to run the Partagas factory in right, Cuba. Yeah. My grandfather yeah, yeah. ran H. Upman. So I had always heard the stories about cigars, you know? And uh, a domino table has a little concave corner where you put your cigar in. Yeah. And my grandfather, when you, play, when you play dominoes, you play clockwise. So when he would put his chip down, he would look to his left and I would grab the cigar and puff on it. And At after 11? about six puffs, I go to the backyard and throw up. But I always got back on the horse again. And, uh, and when I went into the Navy, you know, I was making 900 bucks a month. So. I'd buy, you know, inexpensive cigars, a buck a piece or something like that. But and I'd smoke. I was an air traffic control, and I'd smoke them up in the tower because you could do it back in those days. Fast. And I remember in, in the latter part of '91, I told my dad I wanted to get in the cigar business, and he said, "What are you talking about? You're you're an air traffic controller at Miami. You, you make good money." And I said, "You told me I live in the greatest country in the world. If I work hard, I can take anything I want." I love so, it. My first four months was very meager. I, I used to buy tobacco like you'd buy ham and cheese. Mr. <laughs> right. Portilla, can I get a pound? And a lot of these old guys knew me from my dad. So, um, I mean, my grandfather was a minister of tobacco in Cuba for 44 years, but I really learned from my dad, and I really learned here in America when I started my, my first factory on Flagler Street. Yeah. Two years later, I called my dad, who was retired, and I, he said, what are you doing? I said, well, Dad, I, I have a factory above the Ybor City Brewing Company and I have a factory on Flagler Street, and I just want to let you know, I sold a million cigars this year. This was in 94, and my dad said, well, maybe you're not so much of a moron, and then, you know, I just kept moving, and then my dad was retired. He wasn't a fisherman or a golfer, and he said, look, if I have to live with your mom 24-7, he loved Browning High Powers. I'm gonna take my Browning High Power, put it, and he was joking, of course, and he asked me to come to work for him, and who better than that than your father? Yep. And unfortunately, I lost him Absolutely. in 2003, but. I got to work with him for nine glorious years. Amazing. And, you know, when you work with family, it's either great or it's not, as you guys know. Sure. But it worked out really great. And we got a tremendous, I got a tremendous amount of tutelage, not only by my father, the businessman, but the cigar man and all the people that we have. We have Sarah Gonzalez. She's working at H. Up with my father. She's our. She's still our factory manager. She's 79 now. Amazing. Like Garcia just celebrated his 91st birthday last month. He's been in the industry 77 years. He used to sell my dad rappers at H. Upman yeah. in the late 40s. And the guy works with me today. I thought we were going to get five years out when we started a growing operation Crazy. in 99. Wow. He's 91 years old. He's still working for us. He's still great. So, Very cool. Yeah, so I'm blessed, you know. I, Nick, it's, it's unbelievable. Look, I'm 26 years in and around this business, and I feel like I walk around and I'm the old man these days. And then I see the guys that I looked up to my entire career. That's you. 
Well, Liana Fuente was just on the show just a few moments ago. We are talking about her grandfather and these guys that you grew up around, and I'm sure that at one point you looked up to these people as well. Sure. What is, I mean, what is it? I mean, you're a true entrepreneur. That is who you are, my man. And you had to educate yourself on a different level. You had to learn this entire process. Even you, you grew up around it. Make it your own. You're making some of the best cigars, in yeah. my opinion, in the industry. Packaging is off the hook. What is next for Perdomo Cigars? We'd like to continue growing. We're going into a next generation. I have my son, Nicholas, who runs our sales department. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he had, the, he had the tough love because he wasn't going to get a desk when he graduated from college. <laughs> yeah. So um, Alabama, right? Yeah, he went to Alabama, and then he ended up graduating from the University of Miami. And, um, wow. you know, he was, uh, he'd always say, Dad, why do you, I, I would sneak him into the show since he was 15 because yeah. he was the same age. Yeah. I mean, he was the same size. And I'd, I'd make fake IDs for him, and I actually got him into the show every year because you, you had to present your driver's license. So I would give him all the worst customers. And uh, he would always say, Dad, why do you always give me the worst customers? And I said, because it's the only way you're going to learn. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want anybody to ever say, Nicholas, that you're my son. I want sure. you to blaze your own trail. I love and, it. And uh, I yeah. had him do everything from packing cigars and packaging to sorting and selecting uh, fillers, binders, and wrappers because we're vertical, to going out in the fields and planting tobacco. I, I really it. drug this kid through the mud because awesome. my dad always said... It's the only way. Yeah, it's, it's the, the only way. way. It really is. And I remember he was 11, and I had him making fermentation piles we call pilonas, and each one weighs about 3,500 pounds. So I asked him, I said, how was your day? And his hands were pitch black from the <laughs> resin. And he says, oh, Dad, my hamstrings hurt, my butt hurts. And I go, why? He said, well, I had to bend up and down. I was working with this other young man, and I took 3,500 pounds of tobacco, and I basically converted the puzzle opposite, you know, the inside yeah. to the outside, the outside yes. to the inside top. And I said, why'd you do that? He said, so you get equal distribution, so you ferment the wow, tobacco. It equally. is. So it I is. said, well, what do you think? And he says, I can't wait till, till tomorrow at 6.30 in the oh. morning. So I knew that he loved it, because I really did want both my children to blaze their trail. Right. And he didn't necessarily have to be in the cigar industry. Um, I wasn't blessed to go to college. And I wanted to make sure that he did, even though he would tell me every day that he would learn more about business in one day than four years at the University of Miami. And he was probably telling the truth, but I told him it was important that he started something yeah. yes. and, finished and finished it, it. And he did. And to me, that's what's important. And I'm very proud of him. So I'm working harder than I ever had for two reasons. For my children, of course, yeah. for our company, and also for my new soon-to-be granddaughter Stella that I want to I want to work really hard so and I still love it just like you guys do yeah man you've been in the industry 26 years I know you love it Clan. you and I have talked you come from the entertainment industry but you love it you got a passion for cigars so do I so it's a great thing where three of us could talk about something we love too yeah 100 percent yeah I'll just have a draw a little card here yeah Nick there's a little uh there's a a little fun game we play here okay and so pick a card out of there the questions are unsavory at least. Okay. Or at most, depending on your card. Oh, baby. Oh, this is easy. My favorite beverage. Since I'm an equal opportunity. Is that a question to me? Or yeah, to you? yeah, no, you. I'm an equal opportunity lover of different alcohol. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I love single malt scotches. Okay. So I would say that's probably my favorite, but I also like really good tequilas. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm, I'm, I do a lot of business with a lot of bourbon companies, so I'm trying to get more into the bourbon. Even though it's a little sweeter than yeah. I'm, I'm normal, I'm, I'm getting into it. I like some of the rise. Yes. And uh, I like a good dirty martini, too. Oh. So, uh, 
So, <laughs> so you and I should definitely go out to dinner. Absolutely. We won't remember what happened that night, but Probably we're going to have not. a damn good time, Probably. man. How about I mean, you guys? What do you guys like? All of it. I'm... I'm, I mean, a, just, I'm a Scotch guy myself. I actually went. I went to Scotland. Uh, I guess it was a couple of years ago. Now it was wild. I went to the Balvenie and the Glenfiddich Distillery. That's awesome. It was incredible. And I went to Glenfarclas as well. My buddy Georgie Grant. These guys will all be on the show and the big show coming yeah. up in November. Wow. And we'll have to. Uh, we'll have to have a cocktail, man. Maybe tonight. Anytime. I'm. I'm always open up to that. You know, I. I drink responsibly, but that. That's my favorite beverage, and I would think. I would tell you that my favorite non-alcoholic beverage with a cigar is a, it's just really a good cup of coffee. You and me both, yeah, always. Yeah, I like you that too. Both. So you can really enjoy cigars in a lot of different facets, whether you drink alcohol or not, yeah. in my opinion, right? Yeah. Wow. Well, here we are, Nick Perdomo, Perdomo Cigars, an absolute legend. Like I said, uh, I growing up uh, underneath you and, and looking up to the godlike figure of uh, uh, Nick Perdomo has been a, been a pleasure. And Thank so you. humble to Clan, I have you on the show. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. you got one of the best teams in the business. And hearing your story today just fills my heart, brother. Support brick and mortar retail. That's what we're doing here today. Yes. Thank you for being in the pack. And... Uh, Here's to having a great show. Well, thank you, guys. Perdomo Cigars, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate Nick it. Perdomo. Nick Perdomo. Thank, thank you, Nick. Nick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, that was so nice. Appreciate thank you, man. Thank you, brother. It yeah, was so nice, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Arthur wants me to bring these things back. Yeah, yeah, yeah.